So we're working through the book of Hebrews. We're in Hebrews chapter 11. This is actually part two uh, of chapter 11. We covered all of verse 1 last week and actually two of the last verses of chapter 10. And we talked about what faith is. Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us what faith is. You have to go back and listen to last week's message to get the full version. But here's what the Bible says, which is really all we need, right? We need what God has declared to us in His Word. So let's um, read. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but before I read, I probably should put these on. It probably will go much more smoothly. Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to read the chapter, so follow with me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he had, I'm sorry, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. 
concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of, his, of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented." of whom the world has not, is not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. That is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ that overcomes and transcends all the bad news and all the bad things and all the darkness and all the oppression that this world has to offer. We thank you that you have gifted us with faith. And by faith, we have eyes to see the promise though unseen many ways in this world, is real and true. And we embrace it and we know it because Jesus Christ is risen. He has ascended. He is a living Savior. And we serve a living God who has made a promise that cannot fail. 
And by faith, we receive it. And by faith, we know it. And we will enter in. And we will experience the fullness of that joy forever and ever in His presence. And all because of faith. Father, we thank You in Jesus' name for Your gospel. Let Your word change and transform and conform us to the very image of the glorious Son. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So here in Hebrews chapter 11, we have 40 verses. Now remember the context of this letter. The context of this letter is that there are these Jews living in Italy who want to go back to Jerusalem and offer sacrifice at the temple. They want to take the blood of animals and apply it for their sins, for their shortcomings. They want to go back to the old way of worship, the Judaic system of worship of animal sacrifice after Jesus has come, after the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world shed His blood on the cross at Calvary and paid once and for all for our sin. And these Jews, for whatever reason, want to go back to Jerusalem and they want to offer the blood of bulls and goats, the blood of animals. And the writer of Hebrews, as we've already gone through this book, says if you do that, what you're saying by your actions is that there no longer remains an atonement for your sin. Because if the blood of Jesus cannot atone for your sin, the blood of animals surely will not. And so, as the writer of Hebrews points all of these things out, that Jesus is our great high priest, that the temple in Jerusalem and the tabernacle in the wilderness were only types and shadows, only copies of the true and the heavenly that has come to us now in Jesus Christ. Why would you want to go back to an old system that has no way of atoning for your sin when the true lamb and the true blood of sacrifice has been shed for you and has taken away your sin. And so he comes, he brings them now to chapter 11, this part of his letter. Remember, he said, the just shall live by faith. The just shall not live by their works. The just shall not live by anything except by faith. Now we know that faith works. So from our faith, works come. But we don't work to be saved. We work because salvation has produced something in us. The just shall live by faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, the writer presents this paradoxical description of faith. Chapter 10 ends with a discussion of perseverance under persecution. To all appearances, the life of faith was one of death and defeat, but faith looks beyond the appearances to the sure promise of God, to the invisible things that are only seen by faith. The world thinks we are crazy, that we are literally, there are people that literally think we are insane for looking to and trusting in a God that cannot be seen visibly, that you can't handle physically. But yet, this is exactly what is presented to us here. This is exactly what faith is. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we look at verse 1, we have to ask, what is it that we are hoping for and what is it that is unseen? 
What we hope for is the adoption, the redemption of our bodies to be raised incorruptible and to enter into the eternal kingdom of glory. Paul the Apostle writes in his letter to the Romans, recorded for us in Romans 8, 23 and 24. Paul writes, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Did you catch that? Hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Those words of the Apostle Paul remind us of the hope that we have in Christ that is yet unseen, but substantiated through faith in the risen and the glorified Christ. The unseen things are the heavenly things that the writer to the Hebrews has stressed throughout his letter. The reality of Christ in his heavenly enthronement and the heavenly tabernacle and the priestly ministry of Jesus, our great high priest who ministers not according to the order of Levi, but according to the order of Melchizedek. Because remember, Levi was only a type and a shadow of what would ultimately come, who is Jesus, our great high priest, who doesn't go in constantly day after day and year after year to offer sacrifice, but who has gone in passing through the heavens into the very presence of God at the throne of glory. And he has offered his blood and once and for all, he has redeemed us. He has atoned. He has made atonement for our sin by his sacrifice. What we hope for is conformity to Christ in his glorious body. What is unseen is the Christ for whom we hope. Christ is the hoped for one, the unseen one. If Christ is the hoped for and the unseen one, then faith is the substance and the evidence of Christ. Christ is not only the object of faith, Christ is the very content of faith. By faith, we are united to Christ so that we become bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Paul writes those words in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, when he is liking the the natural relationship between a man and a woman as a picture, as a type and a shadow of the spiritual relationship between Christ and his church. This is why marriage matters. This is why we reject the world's definition of marriage that can be between any two people or any two things or more than two things that love each other. No, the Bible is clear. Marriage is defined between the love relationship, the committed relationship ordained by God between one man and one woman. And that relationship we call marriage that the Bible defined and created as marriage. Man didn't create marriage, God created it. And the, re- the reason we reject any other definition is because that picture of marriage between a man and a woman is witnessing for us Christ and his church. This is why your marriage matters. Because whether you realize it or not, your marriage is giving witness. And you say, well, no one sees me. I don't go anywhere. No, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, that it's been given to the church to make known to powers and to principalities the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God through His church, through His redeemed. That means we witness all the time, whether we're in a crowd, whether we're just 
by ourselves, with our spouse, or whether we are alone in the dark, we give witness. Your life is giving witness. Your marriage gives witness. You are the church. You give witness to powers, to principalities. You give witness to the world around you. That's why the very act of just coming and assembling together to worship God is a witness to the world that we should not take for granted. Because we're communicating to the world that there is something more important, more important than any other activity that we could participate in, more important than any job or anything. And I understand sometimes people have to work, and I'm not legalistic in this, But your ability and your willingness to sacrifice whatever you need to sacrifice to give witness to the Lord, it's not just in coming to church on a Sunday morning, gathering in a building. It's how we live our life every day and every moment of the day. This is what the Bible calls walking by faith. This is what faith is. It is by faith that God's people throughout history have endured persecution and overcome the world, obtaining a good testimony. It is by faith that we too will continue to overcome. Listen to these words of the Apostle John. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. John writes, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He who, is, he who overcomes the world, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So here is good news. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you have faith, or as we learned with the kids, if you are trusting Jesus, you have already overcome the world. That overcoming victory is true even if it is unseen in the circumstances that we experience in this life. Faith is not only the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the victory that has overcome the world. By faith, that is how the scripture commands us to live our life. The just shall live by faith. The writer of Hebrews reminds his readers that it is by faith that God's people have overcome and will continue to overcome from generation to generation. And he begins by writing these words, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Faith did not begin with the first man. Faith was there when the worlds were framed. It is by faith that we understand that the things which are made the things that we can see, the things that we can touch, the things we call real were made from things that are invisible, things that are not seen. God is the unseen author of the visible universe. By his word, he has created all things that are seen from things which are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Abel was accepted because of his faith. It was not Abel's offering that made him accepted, but it was his faith. Abel's offering was accepted by God because Abel 
by faith offered his sacrifice to God. The sacrifice Abel brought was no doubt informed by faith, but it was Abel's faith that caused God to respect his offering. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He had this testimony that he pleased God. The testimony of Enoch was his faith. By faith, Enoch pleased God. And so we come to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The testimony that God wants every child of his to have is the testimony of faith. For only by faith do we please God. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. As far as we know, Noah didn't live by the ocean or by a large body of water. Right there in the middle of dry ground, God tells him to build a boat, an ark, and not a small one. And we can only imagine how foolish the world must have thought Noah was for believing that he really needed to build this ark. Kind of like the world thinks it's foolish for us to trust in this God that seems invisible and unseen, especially when you watch and you listen to the things that the world puts out. And people ask every day, where is God? Where is God in this tragedy? Where is God in this event? Where is God? Where is God? Where is God? And the problem and the reason they can't see God is because they are not looking for God. And if they are looking for God, they're not looking by faith. Paul writes, there is none who seek after God. Your ability to seek after God, your ability to look for and to see God by faith came because God gifted you with that faith that gave you eyes to see and a heart to believe and a will to seek Him. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That is, by faith, Abraham waited for the new Jerusalem. He waited for that holy city that is called the bride, the lamb's wife in Revelation 21.9. Abraham saw by faith God's promise fulfilled in the church, the holy Jerusalem that will one day descend out of heaven, down from God. What would seem foolish for many was faith for Abraham. God called him to go and by faith he went, not knowing where he was going. He waited for the promise he could only see by faith. It is not because Abraham was brave it is because Abraham was faithful. Whether God calls us to go or to stay, we must obey by faith, knowing that the God who promised is faithful. The God who promised is faithful. I want you to remember that. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to, con 
conceived seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Hebrews eleven twelve, Therefore from one man and from him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. The writer of Hebrews is alluding to the promise of God recorded for us in Genesis 15.5 and Genesis 22.17 where God tells to Abraham, I will multiply your descendants. By the way, God told Abraham that before Abraham had a descendant. When he only had Eleazar, his servant, from Damascus. And when Abraham had no descendant, God says, I will multiply your descendants like the stars and like the sand. And by faith, Abraham and Sarah received that promise and they realized that promise by faith. Though they died long before they saw, in reality, on the ground, the fulfillment of that promise. But they saw it by faith, which is why they received it which is why they trusted in it. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, his only begotten son, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, because that's exactly where Isaac came from to begin with, Hebrews says. Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah, her womb was dead. God raised up Isaac from the dead and gave Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. Now God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son. And if you know the story, you know that Isaac was not Abraham's only biological son. But in terms of God's covenant, in the way God saw it, God says to Abraham, take your son. And then he emphasizes your only son and offer him to me. And by faith, Abraham was willing to offer up to God all that he had and all that God had promised through his only son, Isaac. And Abraham offered up Isaac in faith, knowing that God is faithful to keep his promise. The words of Jesus recorded for us in John 8, 56, reveal that Abraham saw Christ. This is what Jesus said concerning Abraham, John 8, 56. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac, rejoicing as he saw Christ, knowing that God would fulfill his word through his promised seed, the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure from the, of the children of Israel from Egypt, and he gave instruction concerning his bones. And we see that by faith, the patriarchs looked beyond their present time into the future and to the ultimate promise that God made in the beginning to send the seed who had crushed the head of the serpent. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we too, as people of faith, as the people of God, have to look beyond our present time. We have to look into the future. We have to be like the patriarchs of old, like the men and women of old who are willing to be stepping stones so that the generations after us would continue to walk in the promises of God. This is why we're starting a school. 
This is why we do what we do. This is why we have to be a people that live beyond our present circumstances and our present time. We have to raise our heads and look past the present sometimes. We have to raise our heads and look beyond the darkness and see the light that God has promised us in Jesus Christ. And we have to believe and we have to trust that it is real because he who promised is faithful. We don't believe it's real because we can see that it's real. We don't believe it's real because our circumstances enforce and confirm that it's real. We believe it's real because God has declared it. And even when life doesn't go the way we want it to go, and it very often happens that way, as you well know, we believe it's real because our life and the promise of God is not based on the snapshot of a moment or even a segment of time that could span a life. The promise of God is eternal. And what God has promised us in Jesus Christ is eternal. And it transcends everything of this present time. And so by faith, the patriarchs looked into the future and they proclaimed the promise of God to the generations it is by faith that we are able to see beyond our present circumstances and look into the promise of God that has already been secured for us in Jesus Christ. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Can you see that sin is a, plas- a passing pleasure? Do you know that sin, as pleasurable as it is, is a passing pleasure? But what we have in Jesus Christ endures forever. Moses saw that. He knew that. He was willing rather to suffer affliction than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin in Egypt. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith Moses was able to see him who is invisible. The reward Moses looked to was Christ. Moses saw something far greater than the land of promise as he looked beyond the Jordan. Do you realize that Moses did not enter into the promised land. He sinned against God, and God tells Moses, because of your sin, you will not enter into the promised land. But you can climb to the top of this mountain, and you can look beyond the river Jordan, and you can see the land of promise. I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, except the Bible does tell us that Moses looked to the reward, and that Moses endured as seeing him who was invisible. And I believe when Moses looked from that mountaintop, across the Jordan, into the land of promise. I don't believe Moses looked with disappointment because I believe Moses was looking at something and to something that was far beyond the land of promise. He was looking to what that land represented. He was looking to Christ. And whatever disappointment Moses may have suffered by not getting to go into the promised land, Moses, by faith, saw something much greater. And he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, 
the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish when she had received the spies with peace. Christ is our salvation. He is our victory. He is our peace. Christ is our great reward. It is by faith that we see and know and enter his reward. The exploits of God's faithful people teach us and remind us that we do not walk by sight in our own strength, but we are called to walk by faith in God's strength. The writer of Hebrews goes on and he says, By faith the men and women of God did these things. They subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the enemies of the aliens, received their dead, raised to life again. That's awesome. Those are the kind of things we want to be a part of. Those are the kind of things we pray for all the time. But he doesn't stop there. So we shouldn't stop there. Just as there are things we pray we are able to do, there are things we pray we never have to do. Jesus promised this to us. It's recorded for us in John 16, 33. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The writer of Hebrews goes on and he speaks of the men and women of God who were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and others chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. That doesn't sound like the modern day definition of faith. That doesn't sound like the church's definition of faith. Because by faith, we're supposed to have our best life ever. By faith, we're never supposed to get sick. By faith, we're never supposed to be sad. By faith, we're supposed to have only sunshine and cool breezes. Never, sun, never sunburn or rain. Certainly not mud. And we buy those lies. And then we wonder why people abandon God and abandon the faith. Because they've never been taught what true faith is. They've never been taught that God never promised that we would not go through trial and tribulation. Fiery trial. God never promised that we would not experience these things. In fact, he said you will experience these things. And just as we think it takes great faith to stop the mouths of lions, guess what? It takes great faith to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. By faith, all these, whether they subdued kingdoms or whether they were tortured, whether they saw their dead raised to life again or whether they 
buried their dead and mourned them. By faith, all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. All these people we're reading about, they saw the promise. They knew the promise was real. But right here, the writer of Hebrews says they didn't receive the promise because God was waiting for us. God was waiting for the time that He would send His Son, the Lord Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all promise. He is the reward. The reward is not wealth and prosperity. The reward is not, the reward is not health and long days. The reward is not a big house on a hill and a nice shiny car. That's not the reward. That's not the reward of faith. Because all of those things are fleeting. Jesus said it this way. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? We've mistakenly thought that the reward of faith are things that we can gain in this world and in this life. And there is much to gain and there is much God blesses us with that we should be thankful for. But ultimately, all of those things will pass. Our true reward, our only reward worth looking to is Christ. He is our reward. And the only way we will enter into that reward and know that reward and see that reward face to face is by faith. It's by faith. We may desire to be part of some great kingdom accomplishment for the glory of God, but most times we find ourselves in a battle, mostly small, sometimes big, but big or small, big or small the battle is ongoing and it is ever engaging us. You're going to walk out of this place today and you're going to be engaged by the battle. You may be sitting here right now engaging in the battle. I don't know, but God knows. The struggles of life in this world, the things that press on us and try to push us down, those are the things that challenge and chip away our faith. In the midst of life in this world and us living in this mortal, sinful flesh, we must remember that we have a promise from God in Jesus Christ. We must not only remember, we must see it and know it and embrace it by faith. Do you see that it was by faith that God's people did all of these exploits? I want you to realize, I want you to pay attention, that we are not told of any special skills or exceptional human abilities, but we are told of their faith. It was not human skill. It was not the right personality type. It was not certain character traits that these men and women possess. They were not lucky or specially gifted to accomplish great things for God. They were not exceedingly strong or durable to endure trial and persecution. They are not exceptional people. They are very simply faithful people. God doesn't expect you. God doesn't even care if you're exceptional. But God absolutely cares if you're faithful, because the only way that you will please him is by faith. Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off 
were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. If you have lived any length of time in this world, you know the sting and the pain of disappointment. But disappointment in this world is not the end of the story, for we have a promise from God in Jesus Christ that transcends this world. We also have a good God that daily fills our lives in this world with so much that constantly works to counter the disappointment that is lurking, waiting to take hold of us and pull us down. And it will do that if we allow it. It is by faith we have eyes to see all the reasons we have to rejoice and to give thanks. By faith we overcome the disappointments of life. By faith we see the fullness of joy present in this world amidst the disappointments. By faith we see an even fuller measure of joy waiting to be revealed one day when this mortal puts on immortality and this corruption puts on incorruption. By faith, we know that one day we all shall be changed. Until then, we have reason to rejoice today. Not then. We have reason to rejoice then, but we have reason to rejoice today. For God has promised and he who has promised is faithful. By faith, we receive the promise of God and it is and its fulfillment in Jesus Christ now and forever. We're not waiting to receive it one day. We have already received it by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? It is by faith we come to this table each week knowing we are accepted by Him for no other reason but our faith which was given to us in His grace. So Christian, I encourage you to prepare yourself to come to the table. Well, let's stand. This is your charge today. There was a time when I considered praying with these words, if it be your will, There was a time that I considered that a less than faithful prayer because I thought that I knew certain things were always God's will, period, in the subject. You don't have to live very long to figure out that's a lie. To be able to pray, if it be your will, is not only a faithful prayer, it is the prayer we must pray. For what is most important is not what we want, but what God wills. Jesus said, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus in the garden prayed to his father, if there's any way this cup pass for me, let it pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. From the creation to the incarnation, To each of us on this very day, we are called to live by faith and to know that it is by faith that God works to accomplish His will through our lives. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is a gift from God given to all those He calls His own. And if you have faith today, you have it because God gifted it to you. God gave us faith that we would live by faith, walk by faith, and do all by faith. We are not called to be exceptional or gifted or talented. We are called to be faithful. 
Life is daily, and it is in the daily things of life, the small things, the details, the things that get lost in the weeds that we easily miss. Those are the things that we must learn to be faithful in. It is the sum total of all the small things that make up the majority of our life. Yes, we need to be faithful in the big things, but those are fewer and farther between than we realize. We are to live our life by faith, however it comes to us. And by faith, we are promised that we will overcome, for He has already overcome this world. And that, Christian, is good news. And we should believe it, and we should live it, and we should give witness to it for His glory. Amen?